Welcome to the final, the final countdown. Let me get Pete assigned here, so maybe we can get his camera to show up. Right now, he's in witness protection, as it <laughs> seems here. So, we were we were joking pre-show that you we lost you in the metaverse. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> it's like I could see the background light, but yeah, of your monitor behind you, but no front light. Have you got the voice yeah, change? Well? That's why I said he's going to go. I think still has one. He's going to go in witness protection this morning, and you know, hey, there we go. <laughs> Brilliant. And now he's frozen. Oh God, it's and frozen now again. He's, he's bloody frozen. <laughs> we have all kinds of fun today. So. We'll get there. Uh, you guys carry on. I'll figure this thing out. Technical problems. We can hear you, so you can contribute. So those of uh, folks listening on the podcast will get it. So, um, but yeah, it looks like we are. Uh, looks like LinkedIn's having a problem with comments today. So I see the YouTube comments. So I'm gonna have to tilt my head full sideways so if you're joining us over on linkedin land say what's up if you're joining us on youtube say hello in the chat uh ask any questions fire away so but yes welcome to this is going to be the last of the not an msp show for 2022 can you believe that two weeks left Ooh. in the year that's crazy Alrighty. crazy anyway so yeah this will be our we're going to go out with a bang today uh and just talk about some of the things reflecting back on this year. Uh, and then we're also going to do some prognosticating as to what we think might, might appear on the scene uh, in 2023. So uh, we got Westaway IT joining us in the afternoon. Let me move comments around here, make those a little bigger. Westway IT, we appreciate you hanging out with us today. Excellent. So... Let's go ahead and talk about one uh, kind of highlights. I figured what we could do is just kind of go around the horn. And if there's one thing that stood out to each of us this year, maybe it was an accomplishment. doesn't matter what it is. Just kind of what was our favorite thing of, of 2022. We'll do rock, paper, scissors. I win. Uh, good. Well, since you're in the darkness, Pete, you can go first. So, oh god. Um, sorry, what were we talking about? I'm just, uh, I'm just still trying to figure out my. Uh, my what, what was the highlight from 2022 for you? Whether personal, business, just anything in general. You're talking to a man oh. pitched in darkness about highlights. Exactly. Is this, like we're really rubbing <laughs> in at this point. So yeah. Highlights for oh, so many and so few at the same time. Um, highlights for me, I think. I've just been obviously me starting to meet a lot of people again. Now the world started to open up. Um, actually, kind of getting out there. I love the tech tribe uh, meetings. I'm, I'm about to dash off to one here in the, the South Coast um, this afternoon as well. But yeah, just just being able to get back out there and actually meet people and and do some real work. I'm doing like air quotes, but uh, real work <laughs> with real people. <laughs> it's, it's it's been good. And from a personal kind of objective for me, I've. Obviously, we're doing like little bits of coaching. I launched my video marketing course. I'm, I'm glad I got that going. We're going to do another one in January, hopefully, uh, which will which will be really really good. And I'm, I'm just I'm I'm glad I've survived another year. <laughs> That's probably it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amen to that. 
What about I think, I think about... anytime anyone's asked me like what my growth or aspirations and those kind of things, it's not been I've not been looking to grow or do anything like magical and achieve things. I just want to sustain what I've currently got. Uh, and you know, certainly from like again, personal personal goals and objectives, I managed to sustain it for a year. So uh yeah, what what one year further. It's it's all good. Good. What about you, Richard? Um, I think to echo what Pete said, it was brilliant to fully get back out there. Now, I can remember being on the road at the end of 2021. You know, I did some speaking at the Acronis Summit in Schaffhausen in Switzerland and went to Amsterdam. But the world was still not fully open. Uh, and so this year, it's been really good to get out on the road. I'm super, super proud of what we've achieved with, the, the, as Pete said, about the Tech Tribe local groups. You know, that's something I was uh, uh, very much involved in. And we've uh, here in the UK, we've got those Tech Tribe local meetups. They're sprawling all over the place. Now we've got in the southeast and, uh, you know, the northeast, Edinburgh, Ab Aberdeen, all over. So even though, like from a personal perspective, I've stepped down from uh, the Tech Tribe business now uh, to concentrate more on my own business, I'm really proud of what we what we've achieved there and i think that's gonna gonna go on and you know nigel and i when we we first got together we spoke about what a, a profound impact um uh, local peer groups had on my msp business and his msp business when we first started out in this industry and that i think that was something that's really missing or was missing uh, so the tech tribe local groups getting up and running and just allowing a new generation of msps to realize that you can work alongside your so-called competitors and this industry is absolutely unique in the business world i think in that you know managed service providers want to help one another and we've talked so many times on this show about like a, a rising tide lifting all lifting all boats and for me that's what the tech tribe's all about the tech tribe local groups are absolutely flourishing and uh you know fingers crossed that um we'll see more of them in the u.s Europe, Australia, uh, and so on and so forth, because uh, that's been a real highlight for me, seeing those groups grow, getting out there and seeing people again. And, and to follow up on that, it's going to sound a bit weird, but uh, like Pete, um, uh, for my 2023, I'm actually pulling back a little bit. I'm going to spend less time on the road. Um, so it's been lovely to get out there and meet people in 2022. But 2023, I want to be at home a little bit more. I've got a number of books that I want to put uh, that I that I want to put the finishing touches to and get uh, released out there. So uh, it's going to be about consolidating for me in 2023. Awesome. Yeah, I agree with you. The tech tribe. Nigel will be making his presence known over in the UK next week, from what I hear. So That's right, yeah, yeah, lots to look forward to for the tribe uh, next week. All right, Scott, you're up, buddy. Oh, um, I mean, so much good stuff. I mean, this year we uh, we officially became award-winning Cloud Nexus. I'll just drop that in there because we, nice. we won an award. And, and not, not even one of those ones that you pay for a table and you win an award, like a real one. Oh, there we go. Raise the roof. Um, but yeah, we, you know, CompTIA were kind enough to uh, award us with their, you know, UK solution provider accolade, which was was really nice, you know, for us uh, to 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 uh, achieve. And I'm so proud of the, of the team. Um, I think it's been a year for us to really kind of find our feet and find who we are, and and you know, really kind of establish more of our identity, which has been really nice. So we've had like our, our marketing again moving to another level uh we brought in claudio so we have our mascot and he's you know making an appearance in such a big way across like our media our welcome boxes we have welcome boxes or as you know we call them like shock and awe packages i think as in the tribe um really establishing those things when we work with new partners or new clients and so it's just been a year of really 
just, I, I think, you know, that first two years we were kind of finding what it, what it is we wanted to do and what we wanted to, to specialize in and trying a lot of different things. And I, I think just really figuring out where we wanted to be. And this year, I think we just, just about nailed it to go, I think we get it. I think we know what we're good at. I think we know what we're passionate about. I think we know where we want to say no to things. And I think we know what we want to do for next year and where we really want to focus and hone in on. Um, and it's just been such a great, uh, a great year for us to actually figure all that out. You know, it's taken a bit of time. Um, and I think we've, we've learned some lessons. We've been bitten in the bum uh, a few times. Too. <laughs> and I think there's nothing like the pain of making mistakes to help you learn. Um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's not all sunshine and flowers. That's, that's definitely not the case. And I wouldn't ever think we went through 2022 and like, oh man, this was easy. Woo. It's, it's been a challenge, you know, even for me personally, from a, you know, a mental health perspective, it's been very challenging at times. Um, so sometimes, you know, and, 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 you know, I'll, I'll say this cause I imagine there's people who listen to the podcast or who are, you know, are on live will see that you see the public face of, um, everyone's social media and their LinkedIn and you see them on stage and it's all big waves and smiles and ah, it's all happy. But then like in the, in the back room, there's like, crap but you know these guys haven't paid their bills these guys haven't paid on time yet we have bills going out like the um you know the insurance is due the tax is due we have all these big outgoings and you're like oh i've got to go and chase to get the cash in the bank to get that out and you know the stress of not making payroll all of those things still happen um not month to month but, but they do happen right throughout the year and so you know, I'd, again, just encourage everyone because I, uh, you know, I speak to to other MSPs and they're like, "Oh man, it's always going so great for you guys," and I'm really pleased. And like, yeah, that's that's the public perception of of what you know what we put out there. But you know, it, behind the scenes, there's still a lot of you know paddling under the water and the the graceful swan and all those analogies. Um, you know, there's still a lot of that that happens. So as I look back on. 2022 and i think yeah there's a load of stuff that we've done really well but there's still lessons to learn for how to do things for next year as well um you know and, and it, we've talked about it i think many times on this show about getting paid on time getting paid in advance you know those those kind of things that help de-stress some of those areas but also just really niching down what is it we're good at what do we want to be famous for what do we invest our time and our effort you know in learning and and how do we do that better next year? That that's that's what I've taken away from this year. It's been a really good year. Yeah, I agree with you guys. That was it was kind of a highlight for me too. Was getting back at the first conference I've been to pre-COVID. Um, I went to People of Video up in Albany, New York. Met some incredible creators, uh, which was a blessing to me because I I liked it because it was a small event. Uh, I think there was less than a hundred people there, so. You know, I got to meet, you know, Tim Schmoyer, um, you know, lots of great, great folks that I've been following and, and creating with. And that's what I'm looking forward to in 2023 is doing more collaborations with some of the people I got to meet in real life. Um, but it was funny because it's we have that belief that, you know, our online friends can't be real friends. Um, and it's. It was interesting to meet in in real life with the people that that we watch, and how real they are. They've got the same struggles as as we do, and I think that that's what it really what it enlightened me on was just 
exactly what you guys have talked about, which I have seen across uh, a lot of spaces, not just in the IT space, in the creator space, a lot of people wanting to do less or just, you know, really honing down on specific things. I think we've all kind of still trying to figure out this post COVID world we live in. Um, and I think, you know, that's been a challenge is figuring out where do we want to spend our time? Who do we actually want to help? What do we enjoy doing? Uh, so for me, that's what I'm looking forward to in 2023. Um, yeah, I'm going to be working with, with doc rock in, in January. Uh, so I'm I'm just, there's, uh, tons and tons of things that, that I want to do in, in 2023 to just kind of push myself a little bit further while at the same time doing less. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a learning year for me. I'm a first time childless in, you know, 18 years. Uh, my son left home this year and so uh, empty nester. So that's kind of a weird feeling. Um, my wife and I have just been kind of last four months since he moved out. It's just, it's weird not to have somebody to look after. (laughs) So, (laughs) but, but anyway, um, so yeah, I, I hear I've been hearing that uh, quite a bit, and I and I've seen the stress levels in the IT space are kind of at a, at an all time high. Um, I I personally have helped over a dozen IT companies transition out, um, just because people want to do something a little bit different. Is the, it, it's the common theme that I I'm hearing is this is not the same industry as it was when I started you know, 10 or 15 years ago. Um, so I think a lot of people are reaching that crescendo of, okay, post pandemic, is this something I really see myself doing in the next three, four, five years? Uh, so I'm seeing a lot of people say no to that. So, uh, Lee Wood joining us from Facebook land. Uh, welcome Lee. So, so let's do some prognosticating and some, you know, uh, magic eight ball uh, on 2023. We talked a little bit about what our plans uh, are to a, a light extent um, uh, for 2023. But uh, what do we think about the IT industry? Just just the world in general. Anybody want to go first for you know just what their predictions are for 2023? Plenty of predictions. Before we jump into that, I want to pick up on a thread that Pete mentioned, and I know Scott will will probably agree with, and something you mentioned, Andrew. We talked about 2022 being the re-emergence of MSP events. And, you know, I went to IT Nation and the CompTIA events and uh, the Acronis Summit, and there was, you know, fairly full houses there. So I think people have overcome that, you know, that that COVID um, uh, reluctance uh, to get out there and see uh, one another again. What I would say for 2023, and this is sort of a a prediction, but also an encouragement to the MSP industry, is that while you get a lot of value from going to IT conferences, MSP events, and, you know, my business was growing off the back of uh, learning from people at those type of events and, and getting out there, there is so much value to be found for MSPs by going to non IT events marketing mm. events you know video conferences i know pete you you flew across was it los angeles uh you flew across was, to there yeah. 
Scott, you know, I met up with uh, Kaylee from your uh, team at uh, at a, a marketing event up here in Newcastle. Andrew, you were talking about getting out there to like video events. I've been along to Marketed Live and uh, Atomicon, other events here. Now, for anybody listening or watching to this and like, I've got no idea what those events are. <laughs> this is where the value is to be found because there are hardly any MSPs going to these events. And yet, what's the number one thing that people in the MSP industry industry say they haven't got the experience to do or can't find the time to do it's marketing so i'd encourage everybody listening you know to have a look and see what are the events that are going on outside your normal sphere of comfort what are the non-it events that are going on out there because there is so much we can learn not only as an industry but as individuals by observing how people in other industries go about their business and the marketing industry is a brilliant one Pete will tell you and Scott will tell you, having gone to these events and uh, Andrew as well, you know, there is some really, really smart people out there and we can learn from them and bring that knowledge into the IT industry and, and get a leap ahead of our competitors. So I've been to a number of marketing conferences this year, learned so much myself, uh, and I can count on one hand the number of IT businesses or even technology businesses that I've bumped into while I've been there. And it's going to be no surprise to anybody. You know, uh, Scott and Cloud Nexus were at the events. There's one or two other really cutting edge uh, MSPs in the UK were at these events, but nobody else was there. And yet all the MSPs go to the same marketing, sorry, all, all the MSPs go to the same IT conferences, speak to the same vendors, see the same faces. That's great. I'm all for the MSP community as a whole, you know, a massive advocate for it. But there's so much to be learned by going outside and going to other industry events, other conferences. So, you know, it's uh, not really prognostication here, Andrew, but that's a prediction that the top MSPs will start looking outside of the industry for, for inspiration and advice. And it's also an encouragement to anybody listening to this. Get out there and go go to a few other marketing events. I hope to see you there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Robert Gibbons is joining us. Longtime supporter of all of our stuff. We appreciate Robert joining. Yeah, his throwdown for there's plenty of opportunities for MSPs in 2023. So definitely uh, agree with him there. Um, but Lee said, yeah, gr events are great for spreading COVID amongst each other. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, so I spent time with Lee over in um, Orlando for IT Nation, and he was, he was coughing and spluttering uh, and things. We just thought he got a cold. He'd got COVID. And poor bloke. So I'm really glad you're home. Uh, Lee had to stay in the USA for a few days after that. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, I should say, for Lee, because I know the apartment that he stayed in was beyond luxurious and that. So, and the Americans <laughs> do food deliveries and grocery deliveries really, really well. So don't feel too sorry for him. But yeah, yeah it's uh, that's a tough one. We've all got to put up with COVID. He said he was well, a super. You were just telling us. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you were just telling us that you just had COVID. So you told me you met Lee in Florida. He had COVID, and then oh, just the other week you had COVID too. So so Lee... many people came away. Lee, oh, I know he's Microsoft's favorite partner in the UK, but he's also a super spreader, and he almost decimated the entire MSP industry in like two or three days there. So thank God we're all I still here. That was intentional, right? He's like, I'm just taking out the competition. Eliminate the competition <laughs> while he sits it's in his pen for. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Q4. I need to eliminate the competition, get some deals in. <laughs> no, we're uh, glad J you're all right. Uh, Jason Carlton joining us. We appreciate having you on today. He said, yeah, we're shocking at marketing. Um, 
So let's kind of spin off on that because I've, I've seen it and, and heard and participated in a few discussions around that um, in the last couple of weeks. And, and I think that this was, you know, Robert definitely attributed that as well, Richard, to attending events outside the industry to get inspiration. What are some prognostics? Where do you guys think that that needs to change? Where, where do you, what do you think that the MSP sales and marketing process needs to shift to because i think we've we've seen the tried haggard way of doing things for so long and every time i turn around there's a new company offering msp marketing uh to msps like there was three that just popped up this week i'd never heard of right uh but it's the same kind of cookie cutter messaging and sales process so if you guys had a stab even if we're dead wrong where do you guys think the MSP sales and marketing process needs to go. Feels horrible to say that, but I, I feel that AI and particularly the new, obviously the chat bot that's obviously come out in the last week or so, it, everyone's going to start using that. You, you can write blog posts in seconds with, with that kind of chat AI bot. So I, I wonder if people are just going to use that as an opportunity to rather than use like generic marketing services and outsourcing marketing, so to speak, that they'll just throw an idea into the chat bot, copy and paste it onto the website, not probably pay much attention to reading what it says maybe and just throwing it up on online just to see how it works. Um, there was an interesting one by Marques Brownie, MKBHD put a, a, a video out about the, uh, the chat bot and said that it always gets something wrong. So even when you're doing like spec comparisons, it would pick like a last year spec to compare against this year spec and get it slightly wrong. So it makes me think that if it's doing that to like a very clear, you know, there's definitely stuff out there online that, that tells the tells the truth that um, I'm sure it's going to make plenty of mistakes on MSPs type content as well. But it's it's very easy to come up with like title ideas, inspiration, content, checklist. I mean, you can tell the tell the thing to tell you how to build a PC and it's give you a step by step guide for how to build it, which components to use. So there's definitely something coming down, down the line with um, with AI. What format it, you know, what what will it final, what will its final form be? I don't really know. Um, it's probably in this more fun phase of everyone's just posting about it online and sharing pictures of themselves drawn by AI and things at the moment, which is um, uh, interesting to see how that's going to. It's good. Has anyone read the terms and conditions? Are they going to own your face now for the rest of the eternity <laughs> in those <laughs> those AI image things? Uh, just does make me. We're going to go off on a tangent but on that one in a minute. So. Yeah, I, um, Richard, I know you've probably I, I got think fundamentally just off the back of that. The you know, the, the generic services are good, and everyone kind of tries to find like you know blog blogging templates. And I know that there's you know Tech Tribe's obviously got some, Paul Green's got some, um, but we all know that still generic content is bad, really, because it's just like repurposed content on multiple platforms. However, the AI stuff, like there's some other websites that will still be able to write a whole blog post for you. Um, they are getting better, like every single day, they're getting better. So I think it will get to a stage where we can just load some ideas into it. It will spit out a blog post and we can write our very uniquely written, not plagiarized content um, for our MSP. Maybe it'll come to the stage where we can just write a newsletter. Like we can plumb in, give me a newsletter for March 2023, please. And it will just give you a, oh, here you go. Here's a newsletter. That'll be very interesting to see if we can get to that stage. Uh, maybe someone will build it. 
but the, the last thing the world needs is like average content out there isn't it i mean we're all drowning in content uh, i mean thank you for everybody who's joining us live for this because we know you know we're not competing against other msp shows for your eyeballs here we are competing against everything else in the world because there's so many demands on your attention so to your point pete you know about chat gpt and, and things like that you know I, i've got an, a, an article going out this week uh, on observatory about how people are using chat gpt to write their children's bedtime stories <laughs> it's like oh my god people what? if we can't take the time to do a bedtime story for our kids like i think things have got really skewed here and so my point about using ai for, for creating blog posts and, and things of that nature is yeah it's going to be there but it's just going to be more content and i think the content and, and for me you know a, a prediction and i don't think you know nobody's going to disagree with this the msps who are going to stand head and shoulders above just the noise out there are the ones who are putting their own personality into it and the best way of doing that is video you know uh, you've you've got uh, people on the call here who are absolutely killing it with video and me and you know but it, the whole point is just getting yourself in front of camera letting people see the, your, your personality sharing your knowledge with them and and it just really it works and i know how scary it is to get in front of the camera but i was chatting to somebody a little bit earlier from uh, from a vendor uh, and we were talking about the very first time we got in front of the camera and how we were stumbled and spluttering and all the rest of it but you do it and you do it and you do it and then you get good at it or you know and you just put your personality over there and it really stands out from the crowd so i know we've got ai with you know deep fakes and all these sort of things just around the corner but until somebody can actually replicate you a computer can replicate you talking to camera from your heart and from your head talking about what you know you know i think you know there's going to be a big place for video marketing or, or indeed just video personalities going forward yeah for sure yeah and i, and I think you know that's one of the things that we as an industry and the MSP, we're all introverts. I mean, if I think we go around the room right here, we're all introverts at heart. Uh, and, but yet we do this and it does get easier with the reps, just like going to the gym. Um, but one of the people that I met this year was Roberto Blake. And I know Pete probably knows Roberto's work. You want to talk about an intro, uh, a real um, introvert. Uh, you know, this is somebody with a half a million followers, excuse me, one minute, you know, half a million subs on YouTube, but he's one of the most humble, introverted person that I've met. Um, and then just, you know, you see him on stage, but then you talk to, he's the same person. Uh, so I think, you know, we're just getting out of that, that fear of turning the video camera on. Um, but I agree with you. And it, and it doesn't have to be what we're doing now, just, to, you know, doing a piece to camera. It doesn't have to be a solo endeavor. So Robert Gibbons, um, uh, who's uh, joining us today in the chat, um, I featured, I shone a light on some of Robert's work earlier because he interviews industry experts. And so he's on the camera uh, and he's interviewing. So he interviewed, say, Robert Bohr of Keepable, who were a fantastic solution for a GDPR in a box, really for MSPs. And, and you know what? At the end of the video, and that video is going to be useful to, to Robert Gibbons' uh, clients. It's going to be of interest to suppliers, all sorts of things there. So there's no downside to it. But Robert was speaking to Robert, and uh, he gets the shine off it as well. So if people are like, oh, we need some help with GDPR or whatever it might be, 
they're going to remember Robert's video and they're going to say that they're not going to say, hey, Robert, you're the expert in GDPR. Can you help us? But they're going to know that he knows uh, somebody within his network who's the expert and go to him. So another way of doing video is, you know, putting yourself in there with experts and all of us, everybody watching this, everybody listening to this, you know, experts in your local business community who you could sit down and do uh, a short interview with uh, or, or get even, you know, a short video where you get top tips off them. So that's another way to do it if you're a, a little bit more nervous about being the only person on camera. Yeah, and I know that was one of the ideas that I swiped from a friend of mine, Satima Fowler. She did that. Um, you know, her company was Rochester IT, which became Iconic, which I forget who bought them, but I got that idea from her a decade ago. She was doing that, and it was great because, like, those, she would go out and interview somebody, and some of that stuff would get picked up on the news. And, you know, she benefited and it was not necessarily around technology. She would just interview business leaders in her community. Uh, I think she even set up a web, Rochester, rockstars.com or, um, and that's where she would just feature all of those videos. Uh, but it was great. It was a great way to know her. It was a great way to, for her to feature businesses, whether they're her clients or not. So yeah, steal that idea. That's a, that is a great idea, Richard. Um, just to just to throw this out here as well, because this came through. I don't know if, if you people run YouTube channels, they would have got their like year in review um, email come through this week, and yep. it fascinated me that I don't know if you can see that very well, but the yeah. here, let me the most watched one. live stream. I don't know if you can make it make it full screen. There we go. The most watched live stream on my channel, um, considering I've not live streamed on my channel this year at all, was one that I was uploaded about four years ago, um, which was a how to complete the cyber essentials basic questionnaire and it had 507 views this year so that's 507 people that have watched a four-year-old video that's not no longer correct because it's now out of date about how to fill in their cyber essentials questionnaire now this is the kind of thing that uh, i always think and if you're like a cybersecurity professional or expert or advisor just make that like live stream or shoot shoot the video of you just sitting down and going Question number one is this. This is how you answer that question. This is, you know, the things that might cause you to give it one answer over another answer. Just basically run through the entire questionnaire. Yes, it might take you an hour, but 500 people have watched me um, actually interview someone else and get someone else to tell me how to fill it out uh, for an hour on a live stream that I didn't even shoot this year. So just things like that from a content perspective can work really well. And it shows there's demand for it. And the fact they're watching a four-year-old version means that people need to make the new version and upload it. So there's better things to watch. You shouldn't be watching my four-year-old version. You should be watching someone else's much better version of the right questionnaire. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's it's it'll be interesting to see where marketing goes. Um, Jason Carlton said it's, it's pitching content with a non-tech geek talk. Um, and I, I just I agree with you, Richard. That's you know I think that's one of the things where your video presence has taken off, Pete, is is your personality is there. Uh, and then just just getting getting the reps in there, you know, people come back for that personality. And it's allowed you to, to, to branch into other things. You know, we see, you know, since you're out of IT, what you're doing now just spawned a completely different world for you. Uh, and I think that that is the fascinating thing with what we see is, there may be something that you want to do on the side or something that you want to do in place of what you're doing right now, but start with what you know. Um, and that's where you did. You started with what you know, what you knew with your IT business 
And then when you sold it, you're doing something different, completely different, but yet the same. Um, but again, it's just people connect with people. So, any I'll, I'll, put, I'll throw something else out there because we're talking about future, um, yeah, what future predictions for next year. Um, off the back of what you said, Andrew, where you've helped, you know, a dozen people or so, um, basically get out of their businesses and exit them this year and move on to other things. I think we're going to see a lot more of the same or similar thing next year. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're all seeing acquisitions and the big vendors being swallowed up by other vendors and those kind of things. But I think from a, um, I, I think certainly next year is the only really real year I've come around to and gone, okay, what's coming next year? Because we know something not good is going to happen. Like we've had so many years of it nowadays where it's been, you know, COVID, we've had the war, we've had the energy crisis, we've had something every single year that's come up against. And now it's just, what's next? Like, what battle are we going to have to fight next year for something that doesn't exist today? So what, something's going to come out of the woodwork and us have to fight against it that makes it really, really difficult for us as business owners to run our businesses. And so because that kind of thing and that kind of mentality is around now, I see a lot of people, or, or I foresee a lot of people just thinking, okay, now is the time to get out. There's too much stress and hassle with running a business nowadays. Let's just sell up, get the best price we can get for our business and move on. So I think that's definitely going to be coming down the line. Um, you know, not, not really down the line. It's probably still happening now. But just really a reminder for that, even if you aren't thinking of selling or aren't there yet, keep that in mind with your business today of like how you're structuring it, you know, keeping an eye on your EBITDA and tracking your profit and your costs and all those things. So that if the day does come where you kind of wake up and go, oh, today's the day we're going to sell, you're fully prepared already. You know, yeah. something that I really, really did not do is I was not prepared to sell. I was still of the mind that I'm going to do this until I'm old and retired. And then all of a sudden it became very quick and apparent that I'm, you know, today's the day I just want to sell the business today. And I didn't do all the stuff that I tell all my clients that they should be doing. Um, but had I have done, I would have been much more prepared, would probably got a much better price out of the situation as well. Um, you know, prepared my staff, prepared everyone else around me a bit better rather than just kind of having it off, you know, off a bit of a bit of, bit of, bit of a whim. But I think just, Knowing that, even if you have no plans to sell whatsoever, put those plans in, in place and track them as well. So you're making like a noticeable improvement to like your EBITDA every single month. You're tracking your profit, tracking your costs and doing all those things. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely see that. Mark Hancock joining us from, from LinkedIn. He said zombie <laughs> apocalypse. <laughs> it's going to be alien invasion. It's going to be alien invasion. I'm, I'm putting it out there right now. So. Yeah, crazy. Because we already stuff. know from watching I'm, I'm that documentary, Elon Musk is going to have something to do with it. We, we already know from watching Independence Day that the aliens use IP because um, you can infect them with viruses, their ship and stuff. And, that, and I think that was a documentary, so <laughs> it's the next big thing. Yeah. yeah 90, Lee said in the '90s were amazing. We had to, we only had to worry about the ozone layer back then. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I, I kind of want to touch. Right? Because, like, go ahead, Pete. Oh, sorry, go on, Andrew. I was, going to say, I was going to say very quickly, it's scary, though, because all the, every, every time I listen to the news every morning, it's like, you know, inflation's at a 40 year high. And it's like, that's older than me. Like, we've never literally lived through this time where inflation has been as high as it is. So basically, nobody knows what's going to happen because it's never happened before in our lifetime, uh, certainly in my lifetime. So it's, it's quite, quite scary. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a tip I would give, and again, this is not prognostication, but again, some advice for 2023. We've, we've alluded to the mental health uh, thing. We've alluded to stress levels going up. We've alluded to the fact that the world is a scarier place than ever. 
don't watch the news. Don't spend time absorbing that type of information because, you know, we all understand the way the MSP industry works. The, the, the news industry works off scaring the wits out of us and then keeping us coming back for more. So, you know, one of the things I would say uh, from a mental health perspective is, you know, I turn the radio off when the news comes on. Um, I, I don't watch the news. I don't read newspapers. Don't go to uh, news websites. And it's not because I'm trying to put, you know, be ignorant of what's going on in the world. Because of course it's important. But if you go to any of these these news sites, you will literally think the sky is falling in. You know, because they are saying, you know, breaking news, inflation at this level. What does that mean right here and right now? Because as MSP owners, we need to do what we do, and we need to do it really well, and we need to do that consistently. So back to Pete's point about, you know, people getting out of their businesses and being prepared for it. The best thing that you can do, even if you're not considering selling your MSP, is getting information out of your head, getting it down into documentation, building systems and processes. Get yourself, as I quoted uh, Scott in my um, MSP Insights email this week. Scott, you famously say, I'm trying to make myself uh, pointless within my own business. Useless, get it right. Useless, sorry. I I said you were pointless, not useless. How dare I get it wrong? Um, But the point, you know, joking aside, the point is you, everybody, every MSP owner needs to get to the stage where the business can run without them. And sometimes it will be through necessity, you know, COVID and illness, other things that we've talked about. And sometimes it will be because, you know, you've reached that point, as Pete said, where one day you get up and go, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, and that's what happened to me. That's what's happened in Pete's, uh, you know, business as well. You just want to you, you get out of it. And you can do that a lot easier if you are not contact- carrying that information in your head and it's down in systems and processes and documentation for people. Yeah. And I think, you know, the first thing that I see when I work with folks is it's a level of self-confidence and kind of embarrassment when that people have, and it's kind of weird when they, when they are contemplating getting out, it's because they feel it's some failure of them as a person, as a business owner, you know, I couldn't see this through. And and it's really not when, you know, that's the hardest part that I have with people is convincing them that that's not the case. Your business is not you. Your business is, does not, shouldn't make up your self-worth. There are two different things. Your business is a product uh, and that's separate from you. So allowing them to make that transition. So if you're listening to this and you're contemplating that, that's the hardest thing to get over. There is no failure in, in getting out. And to me, that's that it makes the most logical sense. There's so many other things that we can do uh, with that knowledge that we have as an IT business owner. And I'll be honest, I run a lot of businesses since eight years old. The being an MSP was by far the hardest thing I've ever done. That is the hardest business I've ever run. And I've started stuff from ground up doing construction. You know, my I have a car background. So, you know, doing building construction to hiring people to grand openings, all of that. Like I've done multiple things and by far the IT industry was the hardest thing to manage. Like it is so much easier to manage any other business than that. So I don't, it is not failure. Uh, so if you're thinking that you're feeling that and you're, you've been contemplating that for a while, I think you just toss that aside and, you know, do, do what's necessary for you, not anybody else. Uh, and I think that that's, 
that's where we is, especially again, that introverted MSP space that we're so attached to our businesses that we feel that we are a complete failure if we want to get out. Um, so. And I think uh, it's, <clears throat> I think from like a, sorry, Scott, I, I was going to say, I was just going to back your point, which is it, when, when people get to that space, the thought of then trying to sell the business is even harder because they're not prepared. So they've, they've, you know, they've reached that crisis point saying, oh, this, oh, this isn't for me. I can't deal with this and I can't cope with this and I need to get out. Oh, but getting out looks like an absolute nightmare and I don't know where to start and I don't know how to begin. And I think, you know, hindsight's a lovely thing, but if, if you can, you know, consistently plan in mind with, you know, to my point, I, I, I'd always like to try and make myself useless in the business. What does that mean? Well, it means that I, you know, I, I systemize, I automate, I delegate, I make sure that I can step back from operations because again, those, those player manager roles, they're not taking the weekends. They're not spending time with the family. They're not booking in the holidays. The more that you can back away and do the stuff that you're really passionate about and really enjoy. And that might be spending time with the clients or spending time at the sales end, but making yourself so that operationally the business runs, the easier it is, you know, and, and like Pete says, you know, tracking the right numbers, tracking the EBIT, making sure that that all stacks up, analyzing the costs and making sure that it's ready. And it's always in a place where I could consider an exit. I might not be thinking about it at all, but getting everything in shape and getting everything in line. And do you know what? The best thing that might happen is that you get the business in such a state that it is really, um, you know, it's, it's making great margin. Your, your EBIT numbers look great. Your customer retention stats are fantastic. You have customers in long-term contracts. You have a great product portfolio. It's actually really valuable, but you don't do anything anymore because you've stepped back so much. And so it's generating money and it's paying you. You might choose not to sell. Because you could have your time to go and do something else and have this business that runs here that pays you for something. But <clears throat> at some stage, you might just say, hey, no, now it is time to sell that business because I've, I've found a passion in something else and I don't want the distraction of even just the little bit of, of leftover running of this business. But it all starts by you getting ready and thinking at some point this is going to happen. This isn't my lifelong business. I don't want to do this in 20, 30 years. I don't want to do this in 10 years. You know, you've got to be thinking when, not when it's going to happen, but just getting everything ready now. Start now. Start that planning. If you're not even getting those numbers in play, if you look at your finance system or you connect wise and you're not tracking cost of sale against every single item so that you can pull out all your different service items and pull out a multiple and an enterprise value, start doing that because it will really open your eyes to seeing you know, what do I need to focus on? What what services do we need to improve? Do we need to get customers in longer contracts? Do we need to sell more high margin um, services? Do I need to cut costs in some areas? It'll just get you focusing on running a really lean operation with great margins and good customer stickiness that is a saleable asset. And so the sooner you start that, the more ready you'll be for a sale when and if you think that it's the right time for you. Yeah, for sure. I've seen yeah, people like, um, hopefully he doesn't, Hopefully he doesn't mind me mentioning his name, but Joe Burns on uh, LinkedIn as well, where he used to run an MSP. He sold the MSP and basically put the money into then running a new MSP. Um, yeah. That kind of thing can work really well because if you've you know, you spent your, your 10 years, whatever it is, growing your MSP, you've kind of grown up with all the bumps and scrapes and all the lessons you've learned along the way. It can actually be quite good if you can obviously uh, get, the, the, get the deal kind of built right, where you can sell 
you can obviously take some time off and enjoy yourself and relax for a little bit and then go start up another one and start one with all of those mistakes that you've learned kind of prefixed. You hire the right staff, you get the right clients, you build all the processes and procedures in place. Um, so I've seen a lot of, um, certainly with Joe and a few other people, that, uh, you know, being very successful by doing that. And in fact, I think it was, um, I think it took him like maybe a, a two or three years. I think he's in year three now where he's actually grown it, you know, beyond a million revenue in three years. Whereas previously, much like me, my first business was like, you know, six or seven years to get to that first million, I think it was. So you can you can learn a lot from running your MSP. But I think there's also going back to Andrew's point there as well of like, there's a lot to be said of actually being, whether it's brave enough or, or yeah, not, not taking it as a negative for, for you to just go and sell because it's not a negative point of you going to sell. Like selling... Um, the, the guy that took me through my exit was like, this is this is like your your day. Like we're working towards your kind of your celebratory day when you go go and achieve the exit, you sell your business and you can celebrate and have a party. That's like what we were all working towards. And then once you do get over that, now it's like, okay, now I've got to be the breathing space. Do I want to do it again? Yes. Okay. Now I'm going to go in and I'm going to hire, the, hire those people because I know they could do a job. I'm going to get those clients because I know they're good clients. You know, you can do all the things right. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, definitely, definitely multiple ways. And I think that there's a lot of folks that are techs at heart. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. I, you know, I would love to see, I've encouraged that, you know, people that I've coached, Hey, you, why don't you guys combine businesses? You both love tech, but you're good at different things. I mean, that's another possibility that people have. Um, but I just, too many people get are, are in that place where they feel stuck, like they can't do anything. Right. And they and that they're just stuck with you know an animal that they created that they can't manage anymore, um, but yeah, I think you know that I totally agree. I see that coming down the pike. I see much more of that. <laughs> Jason Carlton said, "Yeah, who wants to buy an MSP?" <laughs> I can tell you, Jason. Actually, there is barely a week that doesn't go by when I don't either have another MSP or investors getting in touch with me and saying, "Hey." can you recommend any MSPs for sale or might be open for sale in this geographic area? I had one this week um, looking for MSPs in the London area between a quarter of a million and a, a million in, uh, pounds in turnover. Uh, and, and so, you know, there's lots of people out there. As, as Pete said earlier, as Scott said earlier, 2023 is going to be the year where uh, you see a lot more of these acquisitions, a lot more of this consolidation. And it's the nature of the industry. It's always been such. So, um, yeah, so Jason, I know you asked that in uh, in jest. Who wants to buy an MSP? There are loads of people out there with the money and uh, want to hoover up the MSPs, the ones that are in a good shape there, ready to be sold. Yeah, for sure. If you uh, if you see any with around five million in cash just sitting around, Richard, point them my way. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'll just love, love them either. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I think that that's. I'm going to throw this caveat in there um, as far as expectation levels as to selling an MSP. Um, oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> I think there's wild expectations of of what your <laughs> yeah. business is actually worth. So let me just preface that nobody is retiring and buying an island somewhere it's 10 times revenue right just 10 times revenue dead easy calculations <laughs> yeah my accountant told me it was three and a half times uh revenue so yeah i can definitely yeah yeah, yeah yeah so just you know it's kind of one of those you know college football players how many of them actually make the pros uh that's kind of how the it industry is like i don't it's not the type of industry that if you're turning a million or five million that you're going to sell a business and not do anything for the rest of your life you're not, right. it's just, that's the reality of it. Um, I mean, you look one, at Gary. One thing Pika. I would say about valuations, because yeah, everyone gets swept up in the, 
the, you know, everyone's just working their ass, like Scott's working his ass off and hoping and, you know, praying and for this, this future when someone gives him the 5 million quid in cash. Um, the, the thing that I would definitely suggest for, you know, everyone in throughout next year is find what your number is. Cause that, that's the thing that did it for me. I don't know about you guys, but I sat down one night and went, okay, what is my number? What's the thing that would make me walk away? And for me, that was things like, you know, paying the, paying the mortgage off, having some years, some times off with kids, some, some, you know, months and years off with the kids whilst they were young and, and then giving me some freedom to go and do something new in the future. I know I, you know, I, I need to carry on working and I was happy with that, but um, having that number in your head, that's then the thing that then set me on the path of, okay, is someone actually going to pay that for my company? And so we then put it out and someone came up with like an offer way above the number that I came up with. So I was like, okay, well, we're selling because this is above the number. But I think because lots of people just do have those exact assumptions of like, well, I'm just going to keep working and keep working and keep working. And then someone's just going to give me 10 million pounds for this at some point or 5 million or, or even over a million at some point. Yeah. yeah. If you actually sit down and calculate what the number is, I think you'll find the numbers a lot less than you're probably in your brain, just thinking one day it might be a, a tens of millions or something. So just exactly. think of what that number is and, and sit down and do the calculations. Yeah. That, uh, that's David. why it's great to do that exercise of, you know, plot out your line items, plot out your EBITDA, plot out your, your um, you know, your margins, and then figure out, like, chat to people, figure out what are current this year multipliers for those types of services, and you'll come out with a very rough and ready enterprise valuation. And then you will clearly see, well, actually, this is what it's worth. Oh, yeah, that's, that's nowhere near what I thought it was. It's not a complicated spreadsheet to bang some numbers in. And it's easy for you to forecast. Well, if I want my number, if this is my number, then hell, I've, I've got a big gulf here in, you know, managed recurring service revenue, or I need to cut my managed service costs, or, you know, we need to improve, we need to add a cybersecurity line item, because that's got, you know, great multiples attached to it this year. Um, or we need, I don't know, a dynamics practice or whatever it is, you'll, you'll see what are the hot properties as you look through mergers and acquisitions for the year and who's getting the multiples and what are the services plotting that out will really help you figure out what that number looks like but it's not 10 times revenue just just so we're all clear exactly so Scott, your, um, this five million that you you want to raise have you spoken to the therapist about this addiction to Fabergé <laughs> eggs and gold boats that you've got because you need to like deal with that first i would say my, my real issue is Lego, and I just keep buying more and more Lego. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think it's something that you know, we could talk a whole show about valuation. David Hewitt makes a good point, though. Your business is probably worth more whilst you're still working in it. Exactly. So, and I just so that, want to preface that too that that can be a liability. If you're the yeah. only, if you are the reason the business exists, that can actually be a liability for somebody coming in and purchasing you. Yeah. It is I wrote huge. This book about um, single points of uh, forgive me, Scott. About um, the email that I quoted Scott in this week, where I said Scott is pointless, which was obviously was the wrong language. Now, uh, <laughs> but I was writing about the concept of SPF, single points of failure. If you are an SPF within your own business, in other words, if the business can only run when you're there, or can only limp along without you there, then it's not a business. You own a job, and yeah. so you've got to make yourself. Uh, useless within your own business. The business needs to be able to run without you. You need to build intellectual property that somebody else can come in and say, yeah, we're going to buy that off you. And thanks, Pete, Scott, Andrew, Richard, we don't need you in the business anymore. 
because it can run without you. Because otherwise, if you are attached within the business, it becomes a really difficult you know, situation where you've sold the business to somebody else and you're still working within it. It's not insurmountable. As Lee Wood, though, said in, uh, in the uh, comments, I can, so many examples of MSPs that have been acquired or merged. And then over the next 18 months, two, three years, the clients have fallen away, the staff have fallen away, and it's just not worked. So, you know, I mean, you, you've got to, got to talk yourself out of your own business. Sorry, Scott. We, we we bought two businesses in in our last company. We bought two, and it was exactly that problem. The owner or the play manager was either it absolutely you know needed uh, necessary to run the business, and the team all kind of worked with him, um, or in the other case, he held all the relationships with all the clients. Right. And so once once he went, that that personality left the business. There was no one there to look after the clients. No, you know, the clients didn't feel like they were connected to anything anymore. There was no reason for them to stay. Both of those acquisitions were a total failure. And I can tell you, one of them was thirteen million pounds that we spent. So we spent thirteen million pounds, and eighteen to months, two years later, we didn't have any revenue left from it. Total waste of money. Now. Wow. That obviously happens to an acquiring company once. And then the next time they look and they go, hmm, owner manager, heavily involved in the business, we just go, nah, nope. Yep. So if you are in that player manager role, you have to make yourself useless trademark book coming out soon. <laughs> there you go. I, I know Pete's got to run uh, some tribal events. Uh, one last parting shot. I'm just going to, what is uh, like kind of a, a crazy uh, prediction for, I see TikTok being banned. It's already starting here in the United States. I see a full ban on TikTok soon here in the US. So that's my prognosticating for 2023. Any other things you guys briefly see that could be uh, on the ledge in 2023? I love these ones because if I say something now and it turns out to be true, this video clip is going to be repeated again and again and I'm going to be hailed as like a tech visionary. On the other hand, if what I say now turns out to be a load of old rot nobody's ever going to watch this video again or bring it up so win -win. what i'm going to say my prediction for 2023 and beyond is open source is going to become much more relevant within the managed service provider industry you're going to see open source applications we're already seeing them in the rmm space and 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 and, and the psa space but more and more open source applications are going to be out there so it's not just going to be the commercial software that's dominating uh, throw that one out there pete since you got to run first my prediction, and this this isn't from any inside knowledge or anything, but I think that Halo might get acquired because I think they're primed for a, a big cash injection to then really kind of boost products and features and development. Uh, so I'm not I'm not saying that's going to happen, but my prediction is someone might approach them with a, a the five million or ten million that Scott wanted and uh, <laughs> give it to them instead of Scott. Just five. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Scott? Any predictions for 2023? Uh, I'm going to go really simple in that uh, Elon is going to launch a Twitter um, coin, a Bitcoin uh, competitor, and that is going to skyrocket and Bitcoin's going to get decimated. There we go. There you go. <laughs> you heard it here first. As soon go. as he launches it, bye. Twitter's going down. Uh, Robert said that the TikTok is banned. He just started doing vids, so he's he's crying the blues. So. That's why it got there's banned. One, there's one positive piece for that news then. <laughs> <laughs> uh there was anybody on mastodon so like i said i i see the rise of new social too so too anyway. awkward. <laughs> it's too awkward 
All right, guys, it's good hanging out with you. I'm, that was kind of this. This show has been one of my highlights for this year. Joining the show with you guys, uh, so I definitely can say that I enjoy. I enjoy this. Again, we're going to take a couple weeks off. We're going to come back in the new year, uh, but I appreciate hanging out with you guys. And we had a loads of people on today. Andrew is the one that makes this show happen. He's yes. the one that pushes yeah, all the buttons. He's the one that, that that makes us look good despite ourselves. So thank you, Andrew. We really appreciate you. Labor of love, guys. So I know you guys got a jet. I will see you in the new year, and you guys enjoy the time with family and be safe the next couple of weeks. All right, take care. Yes. Thank you, guys.